In a world where horrid stenches and piercing screams come not from the realms of fantasy, but from the nightmare of reality. Come two heroes bonded by love and the kind of desperation only parents can know. No, God, please, no, no, no! Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes Three, the greatest podcast in the history of all podcasts by parents who have made a podcast about being gamers with a baby. Did I mention it's a podcast? Here are your hosts, Gretchen Hilmers and Rob Hessler. Welcome to a special episode of RPGs and Baby Makes 3. I'm Rob Hester here with Gretchen Hilmers and our frequent contributor, Amanda Plagman. This special episode, because we're going to be talking about the controversy about E. Ernest Gary Gygax Jr. and the return of TSR Games. It was a controversy that stemmed from an interview that he did on the youtube channel and podcast live from the bunker episode number 277 and for those of you who are somewhat aware of this of course it's been all over the internet everybody has been having comments about it so i wanted to kind of read i guess the probably the biggest quote that got everybody up in arms here um and it just it comes at about about wait just a second, under, wait a second. Not yeah. everybody who's listening to this maybe knows who this guy is. Do you want to... We'll get into that in a second. Let me just read this quote, though. This is why it was controversial, and well, then we can talk about the guy. Quote, there are, there's a ton of artists and game designers and people that play, and recently they were dissed for being old-fashioned, possibly anti-modern trends, and enforcing or even having the concepts of gender identity. So I don't know. And then he made a comment also about American Indians about his cat and about many other things so we're going to talk about the controversy about this and bigotry and all of that and i'll mention here amanda's screen name right now and you might actually be able to see it it says screw ernie with a pine cone (laughs) so that might tell you a little bit about your feelings but yeah let's kind of give the listeners here a little bit of a background here so ernest gary gygax jr is Gary Gygax is one of Gary Gygax's son, and of course, Gygax was the creator of Dungeons and Dragons, one of the creators of Dungeons and Dragons, and sort of the main the main guy behind it. So it's kind of a big deal when he makes a statement that ruffles people's feathers. You, before we went on the air, Amanda, you were kind of talking about how you read the history of Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe you can kind of give a little bit more background here than I can. Well, um, that's a really open-ended question, Rob. Maybe you want to tighten that up a little bit? (laughs) Okay, Gretchen, when you say we don't know who this guy is, you're kind of like the – we were sort of talking before we went on. You're a bit of the newbie here as far as not only 
role-playing, but, like, you don't care about all this history stuff. Amanda and I kind of can nerd yeah, so out I on this. so I learned a lot of my history from Ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad source. It's a entertaining movie. <laughs> Worse. Um, Could be. So, yeah, I know Gary Gygax was uh, the creator or co-creator of D&D, and I guess he has a son, Junior. Um, things and stuff. So, obviously, there's but I this listened to the podcast and it bored the crap out of me. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's just dive right in. What are our initial reactions? Because Amanda, you have screw Ernie with a pine cone. So let's just start with you. What was your reaction to this interview when you listened to it? Because obviously it came out on social media and everybody was all over it first. And then you listened to it after the fact. So kind of give your initial reaction to all of this. Right. Well, I first became aware of it with uh, one of those like clickbaity articles that you see up online all over the place linking to it and i gotta be honest when i first saw it i read the article didn't bother to to watch the video because i saw it was more than an hour long said i don't have time for this and i don't really care enough to about artist or earning guy gags to get involved so i just skipped it and then you brought up wanting to do this podcast so i said you know i should probably watch the video and see what's actually going on because you know being informed <laughs> um yeah, so what was the question again? I'm sorry. Yeah, so what was your initial reaction? Because, so uh, I, think it's, I, I wanna bring something up here too, because you're, you know, you mentioned that you decided to watch it because we're gonna do this podcast. I will mention, I'm gonna timestamp us right now. We're recording this interview right now. It's 7.38 p.m. on Friday, July 2nd. At this time right now, the video version of it, at least the YouTube, and I know that they do have just an audio podcast, but the YouTube, has 14,376 views. You would think by the social media response that there would be more, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It made me think, and this is the one reason why I kind of was interested in talking about this, is that, and even you said, I didn't have time. You didn't care to watch it. I feel like most of the reaction was driven by people who did not actually watch the video. I agree. Kind of I'm pretty sure you're right. What always happens nowadays. True. But I think I mean, it's even that's a particularly... how I get my news. The first sentence of the headline on the post on social media. I mean, how many times do we like ask each other, Gretchen, you and I will be like, you say, oh, I saw this story and we'll mention a headline and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, well, tell me more. And you're like, oh, no, I didn't actually read the article. <laughs> sure, I, I did that yesterday. <laughs> we do it all the time. Like we do it multiple times per day because we're all like, I think there's a hurricane coming up the coast. I don't know. Yeah, like Gretchen's <laughs> like, there's a hurricane coming up the coast. I'm like, well, when is it going to hit us? What's the deal? Hey, until Should, we have research... to evacuate, and like nothing. There's nothing. There's <laughs> Look, just... until Enki research rings the alarm bell, I'm just gonna hold out. But I think that that's kind of an interesting, like, just sort of a first point about this is that I think the reaction was really driven mostly by people pulling out a few small snippets mm-hmm. and running with those small snippets. True. And also, people who have strong feelings and are active very actively involved in the gaming community saying 
Ernie Gygax is a bigot. I saw those words posted in so many postings on social media mm -hmm. in the last week. It just actually kind of blew my mind. It actually made me really interested in kind of looking into this again and diving a little deeper because I was like, I will admit, I saw this posting come up first and foremost. Somebody said, oh, this is an S show. They Mm -hmm. kind of claimed like oh my gosh he's he's and then um and then so i went to watch the video and i watched the video and i was like okay now what was i supposed to see here that was such a big deal not that the guy didn't come off as being some rambling moron i mean that's that was pretty clear most from arrogant listening. pretentious yeah, all yeah, of but that shirt he was wearing was impressive I, I, I mean the whole scene of the interview uh, you know, it's just a nerdy shirt, but like he's just kind of like lounging in a on a couch and like mm -hmm. you know he has the the old person thing of like where his head is like here on the screen. Yeah. You're like, what is? It, he had the D and D here? pillow too with the, all the lanyards. <laughs> Anybody I'm, notice I'm all the lanyards that. from conventions? I oh, guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, that's nerd cred right there, Gretchen. And there was a you... throw. Mm -hmm. Oh, the and lanyards though. Cred? That, oh, that's nerd cred. That's like military ribbons, man. I, I prefer to hang art. <laughs> that's well, we lovely. Also, I, I've got a... I mean, you should see my stack of lanyards. I just Crazy. choose not to display them for the internet. <laughs> Crazy thing, head oh, thing here. I, but I, I mean... Your lanyards. The, <laughs> but the point being is that... Is that, like... I just kind of read it as, like, here's some wacky old dude who's being an old grognard talking about mm -hmm. stuff it didn't ring to me as being like any more overly bigoted than any kind of person i i didn't really feel like he spent the interview railing against people i just felt no, like i mean i just felt like he just was kind of like it's just like old I, idiot you know? no, i feel like he definitely was throwing some punches at watsy yeah, Wizards and of the Coast. Stepmother. He... Yes. And... Oh, yeah. Well, the stepmom. Mm -hmm. I mean, no but I mean, like, th okay, like, just give it some context, okay? Watsy owns the company that his father founded. His, I guess you call him his mother-in-law, but or his, but not really. I mean, his stepmother. Stepmother, I guess. But yeah. like, I mean, like, how old was he when that woman was involved in the? But it's like, of course he doesn't like those people. That's like human. 20s. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And he said he was 63? Early 60s he's, for sure. 61. He's 63 I, are, now. He's in the 60s now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a I mean, long I, I time guess to hold on to some grudges. It is, but it kind of makes sense when you realize this is all he has. I mean, yes, he was smug, he was arrogant, he was pretentious. He has a woman. He said he had a woman. He does say he had yeah. a woman. He didn't say he had a woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said he had a cat and a bird, too. Um, but, yeah. I mean, really, I mean... And a dog. I, I he had to let to his dog knock out. On him. Yeah, I hate to knock on him, but being the son of Gary Gygax seems to be his only accomplishment. Well, so that's what I was kind of thinking, is like, imagine who this person is, like just as a human being like 
he's probably been surrounded by sycophants his whole life. People that are yeah. like, your dad is the greatest. Mm-hmm. I want to get as close to your dad as possible since that's not possible since he's dead. Mm-hmm. And even before then, he was a lot less accessible. It's like, here is this guy whose name is really famous and... Mm-hmm. He worked at TSR and was involved in that, and he saw the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, like, his whole life is, like, surrounded by probably people. legitimate connection. Yeah, Yeah. and and people are probably always talking about how great Mm -hmm. it is. They're not – he doesn't really confront – like, you say he's arrogant and all – and smug and all this, but that's because he's surrounded by people who, Mm -hmm. like, enforce – reinforce that notion. Exactly. And so, I mean, that's not an excuse. Else. I'm just saying, like, no. that's why he's like that. Very I much. Agree. Like, very yeah. likely. I mean, he almost can't help it, though he should be helping it. I mean, you can't help the way that you're raised. You can't help the things therapy that people helps put with on that, you. Though. Lots of therapy. Exactly. Yes. I mean, you can work to make changes. You can't change what's already happened, but you can work to make changes going forward. Yeah. He's choosing not to work, to put in that work and to make those changes. I don't fault him for having been raised the way he was. He can't help that. I don't even fault him for being the way he is. I fault him for not trying to be better. I guess I could hear, I can, I can, I can agree with you on that. Do you think he deserved the public shaming? I do. Yeah, I think so. What about you, it- Grudge? So I read this great book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, which I think is an amazing book. I really like it. And it gives an interesting perspective on some of these incidents. And now I am not part of the scene. I haven't been part of the D&D thing. I don't know. I'm just, you know, Gretchen coming in like, I got some click clacks. I'm doing some role playing. I like to play crazy cat ladies or throw one in somewhere all the time now, if you haven't noticed. Um, now, I, I just kind of feel like I have there. It's a very hard time right now for white men, um, especially older white men, because There's a lot of making up for the past and continued bad behavior. Um, And so when a dude rolls in with these antiquated ways of thinking, uh, you know, I can take two routes. I can be like, MFR, just cool the F down, go broaden your horizons, get some some therapy, you're going to be okay. And then the other part of me is like, gosh, effing business as usual, whatever. So I kind of feel like in this case, I see what is happening here. And I just think, oh, great. There's more of this. And I've been encountering this a lot lately because, you know, June was Pride Month and Mm -hmm. all of the social media pages exploded with threatened white men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've just had a month of seeing these gentlemen, these, these fellows, uh, pitch a fit. Mm-hmm. And so the, the fact that this comes up now and I am just 
rolling my eyes so much that I'm surprised they're still in my sockets. So I probably need to go get uh, another vision test. Um, I, I just feel like here it's we go again. Yeah, it's business as usual. So <laughs> the way this is being displayed at is, I I I feel threatened. Therefore, I am not going to change. I'm going to dig my heels in more. Mm-hmm. I'm just like whatever. All right, you know this is this is life. This is people who do not want to go with the times as they are changing. And you can't teach an old dog new tricks usually. Especially when they actively resist the learning. Yes. And so, (laughs) okay, this is who he is. Can we call him a bigot? Can we rail on him? I'm sure people could, but I I, I just think we have other things we can deal with. I I don't know. It's just some old fuddy-duddy getting upset about these things. And I don't, and my dad's 73, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call him a fuddy-duddy. I wouldn't say that he is has antiquated ways of thinking. He genuinely tries to change mm-hmm. what he he says and how he approaches life. He's very people. socially progressive. But, that's yes. true. But that's the key point. He's trying. Yes, and he actually succeeds. He's really good at it. I am kudos to my dad. I don't know if he listens to this. I think he's a little confused about RPGs. <laughs> Um, but he does it he's really good at it so I think he's a fantastic example of someone who can change and move through life but he has also always kind of been that way Um, and so you have this guy who hmm? go ahead go ahead just that when you know that somebody's actively trying to change it's perfectly fine to cut him a little bit of slack yeah but also social media doesn't allow for that too once generally speaking when someone messes up that's a good point it is a hard ladder to climb back up and that's a very good point it is it's rough and then of course some people maybe dig their heels in a little more and just keep kicking Mm -hmm. the hornet's nest and then you're like all right well maybe you you earned this Um, exactly you know something that i also found interesting is i i rolled over to the tsr website i i'm Mm -hmm. sure you guys did too um Mm -hmm. it's it's old yeah, it's not good. It's not it's not even about the design of the website. It's like the stuff that they're selling is all old. Like they haven't mm-hmm. progressed. Even with, what's new is old. Yeah. It feels old. And mm-hmm. so I kind of feel like when I listen to this interview and I look at this complete package of personality, website, what he's saying, um, and I'm like, okay, well, this caters to a very specific audience, and True. he's stuck. He's stuck. Yes. yes. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that specifically, too, because I was going to ask Nat, next up, I was going to ask, like, well, do we think that this is going to in any way impact his business? And I actually don't think it's going to really impact his business at all because mm-hmm. the people who are upset about this are not his customer base nobody the people who buy those games that he is Mm -hmm. going to be bringing out and making are the people who think there's no this is not a big deal and the people who are upset about it are playing different newer totally different Mm -hmm. games so it's not even i think it's actually gonna Help. Yeah, like, are you going to say it's yeah. probably going to build his base some? Yeah, I, 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 I maybe agree. By, 
Yeah. Yeah. People are going to spite by. Yeah, and I, I think that it's really popular to do right now among a certain group. Um, it's like Dr. Seuss's uh, own company got rid of some books, and then mm-hmm. people went out and bought a whole bunch of Dr. Seuss, and thanks! Yep. And they didn't even realize, you know, what was going on. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I think there's going to be people out there who don't care about D&D, who are just suddenly going to go, all right, well, I want to buy stock in this guy because he yep. says what I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, that's a good and, point. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a big deal. I mean, you're absolutely right. He's an old guy. He's stuck in his ways. It's easier and in a lot of ways, even maybe for the best to just let him go, let him have his thing. We can move on and he can be left behind. The problem is, is that he's one of a very, very few faces of the industry at least of that portion of it, he is a gaming game world celebrity. He's, I'm not going to call him Serena Williams, but I don't know enough other athletes to, to say. <laughs> Wait, there's got to be an angry, or not angry, but a white dude who's right. There's some yeah, football. I mean, he's. Rob, pull out a football guy. Yeah, yeah, name, yeah, B Sports, Rob. What, you name mean sports. like somebody famous that he's like. Um... Yeah. Who would his sports equivalent be? Yeah, name, yeah. So this would have to be somebody who is maybe Brett Favre. Brett Favre is a great example because he kind of says some clownish things every now and then, but he's also famous, but he doesn't play anymore. So he's kind of irrelevant, but also... Yes, he is. Okay, good. Yes, apologies to Serena Williams. Yes, excellent. (laughs) Brett Favre. Serena Williams is Exactly. She's amazing. Right. But so, I mean, it wouldn't be a problem at all if Joe Random Old Dude was having <laughs> these inappropriate things. But when it's still somebody with a name, somebody whose opinion still matters, even though it shouldn't. At that point, you're in the public eye. You have an obligation to be better. It's well, not see- enough to just not be a bigot. You've got to be anti-bigot. And he's not. I I wonder, though, if our viewing of him as being relevant is false. I mean, because I mentioned that this video Mm -hmm. has less than 15,000 views. I mean, like Critical Role Mm -hmm. has literally millions of views on every single episode that they put out, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And like, I would, I can pretty much, I wouldn't be shocked, and I, and I bet you this is, I, I have no basis for knowing whether or not this is true, but I, I would not be surprised one bit if many, many more people knew the name Matt Mercer versus oh, the name yeah, no, Gary no. Gygax. Not, not even this guy, but Gary Gygax, the actual creator of D&D. I, I yeah, feel I like agree. more people. Yeah, 100%. I, I, Absolutely. I, I, could, I think we can safely say more people know who Matt yes. Mercer is. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I haven't even listened to Critical Role, and and I know who he is. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. him in some movies so that was kind of fun, <laughs> but I mean, he's just—he really has kind he's of ubiquitous. Yeah, he's become a household name in in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. We probably are overestimating Gygax's reach. I think that's partially a generational issue that you and I at least grew up in this. And 
we are aware of the history to a greater or lesser degree. Hey, I'm in the same where... generation. I just veered well, over yes. other things. But you came up through Vampire the Masquerade, which is lovely, and, you know, these other things, whereas we came up in this. I came up with other... the crow and the craft. <sighs> Well, but I mean, those are, anyway. yes, those are still more in line with something <laughs> like, like vampire versus yeah. something like fantasy, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I was reading fantasy books. I mean, that, that was my, that was my you first shot. You me into D&D &D again, kicking and screaming. Yeah, that's true. I, I tricked you by getting you into Supernatural, the RPG first. And a good trick it was. <laughs> I, and then and then I learned I could play a, a Kender and I was like, okay. Duh, yeah, right. Well here, let let I wanna keep the conversation moving okay. here because I thought what was yes. interesting too Stay and on Amanda, track, Rob. Well, this is a bit of kind of an exclusive to RPGs and Baby Makes Three here because Amanda, during one of the social media discussions over <laughs> this over this um this issue, you ended up kind of getting an exclusive comment by a, <laughs> by another sort of name in the history of Amanda. So I, I mean that was just kind of a weird back and forth that you got with mm -hmm. Frank Menser. And for those who don't know who Frank Menser is, he is one of the original TSR, one of the old school TSR guys. He was mm -hmm. the one who did the basic box set the 1983 version of it, the red box. Um, it's very, you know, sort of famous. Uh, I have the quote here, or you can read the quote if you've got it. Go for it. I'm digging it out. All right. So Amanda posted it. in a reply to. Um, mm -hmm. Well, let me set it up briefly because yeah, set it up. Put out a statement. Set it up. Yeah, he he put out a, a several paragraphs long statement on his Facebook feed, um, basically saying that everybody should be allowed to do whatever they want as far as gaming goes and that we should all live and let live and that it doesn't matter if somebody has uh, all of these inappropriate opinions and attitudes and beliefs uh, that everybody's welcome at the gaming table. To which point I posted my response. Go for it, Rob. <laughs> yeah, and so the response was, so it sounds like you're saying that, and this is Amanda, so it sounds like that you're saying that racists, homophobes, misogynists, and other bigots are welcome at your table as long as they aren't actively, in all caps, performing their bigotry at your table. What they do away from the table doesn't matter. I must respectfully disagree. A bigot doesn't stop being a bigot when he picks up the dice. When he picks up dice, he's still not welcome at the table or anywhere else. To which Frank Menser responded, if any of that surfaces in game, I shut it down. Otherwise, yes, I don't care what happens away from the table out of my presence. Thank you for your civility. We can agree to disagree and follow the gaming paths we choose, is what he responded. So he, he responded to your comment, and I think he made it very clear what his position was. And I thought that was kind of a... Yeah. A pretty remarkable comment on his part to own up to that idea but it got me mm -hmm. thinking because uh -oh. we in our gaming group i would say that that the group of the three of us and and the other gamers that we play with regularly greg bianca brian others that we you know, have played with in the past, um, Anthony Blakely, all these folks have a pretty progressive way of thinking, but yes. 
we also did have some people who had some pretty mm, different political viewpoints that played out our, in our game for a while. And I'm not going to call those people out by name here, but I would say that in some ways I, I disagreed very strongly with some of their political viewpoints. And I Definitely. don't necessarily know that they, and, and this is one of the reasons why I don't want to mention them by name, but I, I don't necessarily know that they would be particularly supportive of the LGBTQ community, of gender diversity in the games. I feel like they would be the kind of folks who would be highly opposed to the changes that are being proposed in a lot of the modern game systems, in particular Dungeons and Dragons. So we had them at our table. Well, we really didn't go well. It didn't ultimately go well, but they we ended up getting them out of the game not for those reasons we got them out of the game for in-game reasons it was personality I say we got them out of the game i think that's a mischaracterization of what happened well how would you describe it then their actions led to them being dismissed from the game because it was causing conflicts with some of the other players i would say i think that's a better way to put it um, I, I don't think there was any, when you say we got them out of the game, it implies that we were actively trying to get them out of the game. But I think there were attempts made to settle issues that were not met with, I, I think certain things just got too far. I agree. One, I mean, the so one of the two, the two players that we're speaking of are brothers and, and one of them actually quit the game early on quit the campaign early on this is a ad and second edition campaign drag set in the dragonlance world he quit the campaign early on sort of rage quit the campaign and then <laughs> asked asked to be back in we let him back in and he was a problem again and then when conflict arose again I still miss him though yeah but so but there's the thing are we saying that the potential like the way we always dealt with these two players that had viewpoints that might that we we might find objectionable like if we really got down to it the way we kind of dealt with that is we just never talked about those things with them we treated mm -hmm. them like family we did treat them more like family. Actually, it was like no politics, yes, religion at the table. Around them. Yeah, we did. Because we, you, you can see now that they're not a part of the gaming group. Like, we can have conversations about these, you know, uh, like some political topics and things like that because mm -hmm. we're not engaging yeah. with people who have denied dynamically different viewpoints than us that it would cause a conflict during the session. But I, I guess what should be questioned then is, is the tolerance incremental? You know, if I knew someone was a Nazi or a white nationalist, I don't believe those other two were white nationalists, um, then I wouldn't, well, I guess there's some disagreement there. Um, For those who are just listening to this and not seeing the video, Amanda's head turn spoke a thousand words just now in response to the white nationalist comment. I mean, do you yeah, think but they're that they're Italian? I don't I don't 
That's they... never stopped anybody. I hate I, to say it. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't think that they're nearly as intense on the subject as folks that we typically point out as being so. Let's put it that way. So but then... There have been discussions. Then... I, I think sometimes being exclusionary makes it so people can't learn to change, but I also think that some people dig their heels in and will never change. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing is like, how do you find that balance? Like, I mean, to a certain extent, aren't we saying, well, we want our table to be a certain way? And I mean, one of the, it's interesting because it wasn't even just, so there was the, like personal philosophical differences in terms of what we believe about how others are treated in the world should be and things like that, like on a political level. But then there was also sort of this philosophical difference between us as players in a game sense versus them as players in a game sense, in particular with one of the brothers. The other brother was, I think, a little bit more willing to be flexible to what the game we were actually playing was. But I think he left for family solidarity, which I can respect, even if it wasn't, you know, something I would have done in his place. But I can respect family solidarity. Well, that's not the reason he gave me. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, okay, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't mean that that's not the reason. That's not part of the reason or that's no. not. But I mean, you know, the, the but the broader point is, is that we had these folks in the game who might have had opinions that we would have found really objectionable mm -hmm. but and the way that we dealt with it was to not discuss it and in, to a certain extent that's kind of what Frank Mentzer is saying he's like well how you think what are his exact words um, if any of it surfaces in game I shut it down otherwise yes I don't care what happens away from the table out of my presence but see here's an interesting thing so you know, uh, Rob, you, you address a lot of interesting things in your games. And so one of them was um, Hobgoblins. We'll just pull that one out. Always supposed to be evil. And yet we stumbled upon a very peaceful type of... Well, I wouldn't say peaceful. Well, not peaceful, but they weren't, you know, like going to go around regimented. ripping people's heads off. Okay, mm -hmm. regimented. And 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 swung a different way and i think that that can show that people who are stereotyped as being evil it's not always the case and you know i think sometimes you can have teaching moments in these games you can but by the same token you know emotional labor is a buzzword going around right right now and i try to usually avoid those but how much emotional labor are we required to do to teach these people yeah it's true that's true yeah, I mean, like, ultimately, we're all getting together to have fun and play a game. Mm -hmm. And if if there are viewpoints held by certain people at the table that make people not want to play the game or not it not be fun because you know that, you know, Ernie Gygax is sitting next to you and doesn't like you because you were, you know, born a female, but you identify now as a male, then that's a problem. You know, mm -hmm. that's not really what I mean that seems against the spirit of, I mean, like, I don't know, like, 
Well, I'm just going to say, like, why do we even care about that, to be honest with you? Like, it impacts me zero. I don't even understand. And, like, you know... I just don't want to play with somebody who wishes me harm. Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's that's a big... I mean, I think that's a part of it. But I don't know that he was really necessarily saying that in that interview either. I don't know that he was really, like, saying I... In fact, he kind of pointed out other developers. He's like, well, some of these developers were having gender identity, like non-fluid gender identity, Mm -hmm. is essentially what he was saying. I mean, so, I don't know. It's an interesting topic. I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll see. I mean, are we going to have, like, how open, like you said, how open do we want to be? I don't think it impacts. It's like I said. I don't think it's going to impact their sales at all. You say that they might even increase. I, I kind of agree. A I think little. that could be. Not, yeah, not a lot. It certainly it helped their publicity in terms of creating awareness for their core audience, which mm-hmm. their core audience is. I mean, to be frank, Grognards. Like yeah. I mean. That's their core audience. That's who's going to play those games. I like old school gaming. I mean, we play oh, AD&D 2nd Edition, but mm-hmm. my AD&D 2nd Edition is pretty progressive. I mean, like you mentioned, the um, the Hobgoblins, which are lawful good. They were lawful good hob- Hobgoblins, but it wasn't really too much of a stretch. And then, of course, I just kind of like identified a openly gay relationship of two major lords in the Dragonlance world that I mean and that was I actually just was like wow this kind of makes some sense it wasn't even really like so I have those things in my game it's not like and I'm not and I will say this too this is not a teaching moment I just do that because it's my game and it makes sense to me yeah (laughs) you've already blasphemed against AD&D in the first place by allowing gasp a female character to have percentile strength I I think in second edition you can right Second edition does not so. allow female characters. They have to be. I thought it was just the that was a Gygax first be, edition thing. I could be wrong, but I thought it carried over. But I don't know. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, well, even well, Amanda had a like shocking like. Oh my goodness! What were you going to say? Yeah, so... about the percentile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so in the original first edition Dungeons and Dragons, Gary Gygax did not allow female characters to have percentile strength, the higher levels of strength, whereas male characters could. So they were inherently, women were inherently weaker in the game, in the rules of the game. It was like literally written into the rules that that was the case. But I mean, I also have like diversified the Knights of Salamnia, Mm -hmm. not only in terms of gender, but, you know, and you guys haven't really encountered it, but also like in terms of racial makeup. Like for me, I don't really think it's critically important to say that, Salamnia is a nation of light-skinned, essentially white knights who are mostly men. Like, that to me doesn't really make any... Like, it doesn't make the game better for I, me to make that... I didn't that... actually picture it that way. <laughs> well, and, like, <laughs> to me, like, wrong. what... Like, there isn't... I don't think there's a narrative... There's no additional narrative value by making that distinction. Hey, wait, now, is that- the new things that they're doing is trying to do away with the idea of evil races. Was that yes. something that's come up lately? From Watson, awesome. yes. Mm-hmm. Races that are inherently evil. Right. I like that. One of the things that they're doing, which is interesting, 
is that they're defining drow elves in a new way in that they're saying that they're not getting rid of the drow that we know were worshippers of Loth who are these evil you know matriarchal society that worships Loth and all that they're adding additional drow societies that have more diversification so of course there can be a cult in any race that is like this evil cult i mean like human <laughs> there's so many and i mean like races. in real life <laughs> you know what i yeah. mean so like of any, any <laughs> racial makeup but they're i think what they're saying is that you're not inherently born that way um and I, I you know i have mixed feelings about that i i think one of the things is that my 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 on the one hand i think okay yeah sure like nothing is born bad i guess in a one way but in the other way they're also fantasy creatures that don't actually exist in the real world so they're if you're if you can take a step back for a moment and recognize that it's not we're not actually talking about a being that is that actually exists in any form whatsoever it's entirely fantastical having something that is inherently evil and is known to be the bad guy and that simple pleasure of you're the good guy and you go and you fight and kill the bad guy and those lines being very clear there's something sort of simple pure and nice about that for me like as a player like like i know the red dragon is a bad dragon and you are and i'm the i'm the warrior that's Tick -tick gonna... believes everybody has the ability to be his friends i Tick -tick think anybody and that's the thing though is that they've already kind of defined that you know there's always the you know you look at drizzt i mean or drizzt or however it's pronounced and you've got there's the exception and there's always those kind of things but i think but you couldn't have that exception if you didn't have the rule yeah, exactly i think the problem you get to with like you know certain races like orcs or drow elves is that they're too um closely correlated with specific human actual races that exist mm -hmm. and there have been depictions for example the cover of Queen of Spiders, which is mm -hmm. a super module for first edition, the artist did a depiction of the Queen of Spiders, and the at the time, um, it seems pretty clear that the artist was really interested in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, because it's essentially the drow on the front is Tina Turner, as you know from the movie <laughs> mad max beyond thunderdome and all of the drow but the drow elves are depicted as being they essentially look like like african-american people so it creates this correlation between drow elves which are an inherently evil race being black people now i don't know that that was the original intent i really have no idea but there is a connection that has been drawn like a, a canon connection that mm -hmm. has been drawn that people can look to and use as an example to say yes drow elves have been depicted in a way that equates them to 
actual black people in our culture. So therefore, saying that they are inherently evil, it does bring up some issues. And I know that there is like some longstanding, um, you know, racial issues concerning orcs as well. But I think like when you start talking about like giants or dragons or something like that, they're just monsters. They're not real. Like they're not anything. They're just monsters. Like beholders. We don't need to say beholders are good. Like we can say that they're evil and like let's just kill them. You know what I mean? Like let them be the bad guys, you know? It looks like they could hug you with many eyes. If you if a game no, master wants evil. to decide that there's an, an a good one, like I think there's a in in the canon of of D and believe that there's a there is a beholder I think in the Forgotten Realm setting in Waterdeep that is like mm -hmm. head of a thieves guild and I don't think they're chaotic yeah. evil I think and they're evil evil but they're not like shoot you with all their eye beams evil they're more like <laughs> they're not mustache twerkers. Yeah, yeah, I think it's like called like Xanathar or something like that. But they can be like a. Extrawellers. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the. Yeah, that's. Oh, oh, oh. Let me go put this dynamite on the train track and tie the. <laughs> mm -hmm. And tie the maiden to it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. That's what those evil yeah, exactly. villains are come from. The silent Evil film. for evil's sake. Yeah. So I think there's always an opportunity for us as game masters to make the decision that we're not going to have something mm -hmm. that seems evil be evil. Right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's round this thing off. Um, so, so you only give him power if you pay attention to it. Well said, actually. Reasonable. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So I guess the lesson of this podcast is ignore Ernie Gygax unless you're screwing him with a pine cone. <laughs> yes. Is that I what you're saying that. there? Yes, that is what Amanda is saying. <laughs> and with a pine cone. I mean, any, just... any final thoughts before we before we end this thing? And there's many different types of pine cones. We have nine pine trees. You can see all the stages of pine cones. Some of them. Look you know what? I'm going to tell you right now. I don't want to be screwed by any type of pine cone. I mean, I oh. think if you were to be, oh. it would be the one that the squirrels eat, where it's just a little nubbins. A little cob. That's a pine cone <laughs> cob. There goes my plans for the night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, subscribe to the podcast here on YouTube or wherever you're listening iTunes, Spotify. I don't know, Podbean, Stitcher, all of the places. Pandora. Actually, yeah, we're on Pandora, too, which I don't know how that happened. Um, don't remember doing that, but subscribe. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review um, for our witty commentary. And also, if you're on YouTube, you can also make comments about how smart and good-looking we are because you can see us. Anything else to add? Mercifully, we will let these people go then. Moo? No, that's tomorrow. No, Pathfinder. That's tomorrow. <laughs> yes, the murder moo. Mm. No all right, well, take care, anymore. you all. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you. Cool. Sensitive as a 
Nova Kane's arm. So you thought the episode was over, and it's not because we no. realized we forgot to talk about something really important that came up, and that is probably the most pathetic moment of that entire interview. <laughs> and that's when, well, I mean, I think you described it best, Amanda. Why don't you <laughs> point it out here? Good old Ernie felt the need to go out of his way to point out how he's got his pet cripple, for lack of a better description in this instance. He's, he made such a big deal about how he's gone out of his way to make a fuss over this one disabled fan of his. And on the one hand, great. I'm glad that this guy got to meet his idol and got to be involved. But I mean, this is right up there with, I can't be racist. I've got a black friend. (laughs) (laughs) Can't be ableist. I know I'm friends with this person in a wheelchair, basically. And I mean, him going over and making such a fuss over the dude's achievements and how oh, he's doing all of this wonderful stuff and he's so good for a disabled guy. It really felt like that, didn't it? It was very much that, like, can you believe that this person who's lesser than all of us was able to play games? Exactly. Yeah, he didn't need much in the way of a caregiver at all. (laughs) That was really... I'm sorry, was that my outside voice? That was... And I I don't... I, I Like... It's just so weird to think where that comes from. You know, like, where does that kind of thinking, like, how does that thinking stick around? You know, it's, I will say this, though. thinking that he's exhibited throughout. Hey, he, did he have true. that letter framed? He had the letter framed, yes. right? He framed the letter from the crippled guy. And, and yes, I deliberately the like, check crippled. out my, my letter. Yeah, because, I mean, this is offensive. I mean, I'm personally not offended. I'm not really capable of being offended anymore. But this is offensive to any sensible person. <laughs> what well, was interesting, you know, and I kind of bring this up, and I and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Amanda. But when you when we first connected to play RPGs, and I, you know, I had advertised this campaign that I was going to run, and and you said you wanted to play, and I thought you would be a great fit, and. I remember you actually said to me, you said, I am in a wheelchair. I can understand if you don't want to have to deal with that, if that's too much of a burden. And I was like, mm-hmm. do people actually think like that? Like, yes. I was like, of yes, course not. Do. That's like, oh, I don't yeah. care about that at all. What does that have to do with no, your but... mind? <laughs> well, <laughs> you well, that's just, no, Rob, that's just it, dude. You're not really thinking this through. Because I didn't know at the time where the game was going to be taking place. What if it was something as simple as we're playing in a third floor walk-up apartment? I guess that's true. There is a certain... I've seen you get up to a second floor apartment. We got. Oh, I can get up anywhere. There's no problems. You're you're like, you make it happen. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, but I I, I guess, you know, kind of in, in doing this is that like, but it still kind of blows my mind when I see that kind of thing because it's so yes, it's ridiculous. And 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 also just by the way, like like I'm you know I'm not in a wheelchair, but like I got some other issues. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't baby. say it. 
One of Don't the things baby brain, both of you. Uh, we all have bring our own issues to the gaming <laughs> table. Argue. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not argue. I'm so brain dead. <laughs> How do I run a business? I don't know. Fumes, Shout out to my office how. assistant. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Let's face uh, it, y'all are running on muscle memory more often uh, than not. A lot of times, yeah. That's interesting, though. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because there, you know, it's, it's so funny because I know that everybody sort of focused on the commentary about the gender stuff but i mean there was mm -hmm. like really it was really just more i think it's just that he's so unlikable that it almost yeah. makes like you, you, we're all gonna read into whatever he has to say in the probably mm -hmm. the most negative way possible because he's just like a prick yeah. like nobody I mean, wants... everybody's got that uncle oh yeah he's everybody's awkward uncle i mean even <laughs> in the video you can just see it so <laughs> throw this out there he kept making kind of a big deal about him not drinking anymore i, I heard that too yeah. is there a history mm -hmm. of alcoholism perhaps i mean because that could explain yes. some things well mm. interesting interesting well look for uh star frontiers probably not because it doesn't sound like they actually have any sort of right to make that game but mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll see for that matter Maybe their Giant Lands Kickstarter will be fulfilled eventually, sometime five years late. No, well, it was wait, interesting. Yeah, he was talking about how poorly they did that Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, and blaming and Kickstarter. That was very strange. I'm like, no, five years is not Kickstarter's fault. Mm -mm. Um, and everything that he was complaining about was, you know, taxes and fees and things that are innately part of running a business that and also clearly stated in. when you sign up for it like right it's not, there are it's, no surprises yeah it's not like oh yeah, that's you why mean you you're have to sign that big long form or say but that's why that. you bump up the money your goals that you're looking to earn with your kickstarter to take that fee and taxes into account and i mean i will tell you this too is like and and i'm sure this is true for for many of our listening audience, maybe it's true for you as well, Amanda, is that, you know, um, I don't, I, I backed plenty of RPGs on Kickstarter. And one of the reasons why I back RPGs on Kickstarter is because Kickstarter says, oh, here's the game you might be interested in. And I see the game because I've backed games on Kickstarter before right. and end up ultimately backing it. And certain developers mm -hmm. that I found because Kickstarter pointed me in their direction, I love their games, and so I continue to back future games. So mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, Kickstarter is responsible for those people ever selling me anything whatsoever. So like, it's not like they're mm -hmm. getting nothing for the money that they that they are giving to Kickstarter. Like, I would probably not have known about 90% of the things that I backed if I hadn't known because exactly. of that reason so Starter is in a very real way behind the indie gaming revolution zine quest right i mean like yeah. is a hugely successful indie gaming publishing event that happens mm -hmm. you know in early early part of every year that 
each like it's a it's a big thing they do at Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And so like it really helps a lot of these indie gamers. I'm not like, you know, like a shill for Kickstarter. I mean, I'm sure there are things to complain about Kickstarter, but I mean it's also like there's give and take there. They're a business that's operating, but they're also a, a useful resource for right. people making games. So mm -hmm. um, it's interesting, Frank Menser also failed in his Kickstarter, although he was trying to yes. get $250,000 for his, oh. and he he raised That's 60 different. some thousand, but failed. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a foolish endeavor. You don't, I, he you is- You don't certain, ask for that much. Yeah, I mean, some can, but it's very rare that a game is going to reach that peak and 60,000 would have been a really great start if you would have just thought about the way to make it successful from that starting place um, but it wasn't you know I mean these are old old folks old people that don't really understand mm -hmm. I think in and some ways the new stuff them to not understand but they need to learn to ask for help from folks who do understand yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure yeah. and there yeah. are people literally out there game designers who do little classes and you can contact them and they mm -hmm. will help you. Like I'm just thinking of, um, and I'm forgetting the guy's name, but the guy who runs nerd burger games, who did mm -hmm. uh, the game based on low stakes, what we do on the shadow, what we do in the shadows, ah, the game based on low stakes, which I love game. that game and what once went wrong, which is a game that's based on uh, quantum leap. And he's done some other good games that are really fun, really well-designed games he had a how do you do a kickstarter and he's had some very successful yeah. like how do you crowdfund series yeah. and it was twenty dollars per yeah. per part of the series and it was a three-part series for literally sixty dollars you could learn how to mm -hmm. do all of the things that you need to do to run a kickstarter successfully so we're not talking about like some massive investment you know yeah, like youtube has videos oh right <laughs> <laughs> for that matter, literally, you could probably watch this video that you're watching right now and then go over to another video yep. and learn how to do Kickstarter. So, For that matter, Kickstarter has videos. <laughs> true, true. But I mean, even like game, very specific to gaming. So anyway, we'll well, shut up now. Speaking of videos, I want to go watch a movie with some popcorn. <laughs> so we'll end this podcast. Thank you for listening to our bonus bonus episode at the end of our bonus episode. If I didn't tell you already, you should subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel. Send and also, I send pigeons. Send Gretchen yeah, Carrier pigeons. Send me pigeons. Though I will say, I have recently learned that if I want bird feeders and birds in my yard, I will attract birds of prey who will murder them. So maybe it's a bad idea to send me carrier pigeons. And the backyard was really smelly at certain points because of dead animals. Oh dear. Not anymore, though. Well, we accept no responsibility you if your carrier us. pigeon is killed on its way to delivering us a message. And with that... And for that matter, even if the birds don't get it, I might. There you go! There's not a lot that I get these days, to be honest with you. <clears throat> and goodbye. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> RPGs and Baby Makes 3 is a production of Gretchen and Rob sitting on their couch. Email the show at rpgsandbabymakes3 at gmail.com. You can find more episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, as well as on our free Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash rpgsandbabymakes3.